Welcome, Fellowship Asheville. No matter who you are or where you are, we really are a church for you. Uh, something new that you might see pop up on the screen. If you are new here and want to connect with us, you will notice right uh, below me will be a little line showing you how to connect with us. Follow that link and we would love to know more about you. Now, before we dive in today, I don't know about you, but there are certain movies uh, that I love to watch over and over again. Of course, uh, Lord of the Rings is top of the list, and for some reason, I love watching Harry Potter movies around Christmas time. Um, I'm even a fan of Mary Poppins, both the original one and the new one, I might add. Um, and Rudy makes me cry every single time I watch it. Right? There are certain movies that I love. Maybe you uh, have a favorite movie or TV series that you like to watch over and over and over again. Because all of these movies, I can do that. I can watch them over and over again. Just for kicks, if you don't mind, leave a comment about what your favorite movies or TV series are that you love to watch over and over again. I would love to see what those are. Now, I don't know about you, but here's why I do that. Here's why I like to return to the same movies and TV shows one reason is just familiarity, right? Like I love uh, to, to just sit back. I know what's going to happen. I know the high points. I know the low points. I, I, I love that part of it. But here's the biggest reason that I love revisiting uh, familiar movies. And it's this. It is because of discovery. Now, discovery is this act of being aware of something for the very first time. Right? You can discover something in, in something that you have seen hundreds of times, and yet there's something new that pops out to you. That's what I love about watching movies multiple, multiple times. It's not just the old stuff that I enjoy seeing again. It's also discovering. It's seeing the stuff that I've never seen before. For example, did you know that in Star Wars, particularly The Empire Strikes Back, there is an ice cream maker machine that is used as a prop? I kid you not. Picture this, Cloud City, Lando Calrissian is just announcing the, the evacuation of Cloud City because of the Empire attacking. And there's this guy who's become known as Wilro Hood, and he is running out for some reason with an ice cream maker. You can see the picture here. I can't imagine what he thought when the props master gave him that to run out of Cloud City with. But he did. See what I mean? Discovery. How many of you had seen an ice cream maker in The Empire Strikes Back before? Well, today, here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to see a, a, an account in Jesus's life. And for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, this account might seem very familiar. But no, no matter how familiar you are with the Bible, I want to show you a discovery that I had in this passage not too long ago. And y'all, I got to tell you, I believe this is something we need today. Because here's what we're going to see. We're going to see something new about this. What does Jesus do when we are lonely? What does Jesus do when we are lonely? You see, in these times that we live in right now, we've all experienced this extra bit of, of being alone, haven't we? We haven't been around those that were normally around We've been alone even in our homes. You've been alone maybe in your office. We haven't gathered as a church together in months. And so we might feel even alone in our faith. But y'all, here's, here's what I want, to, I want us to, to wrap our heads around before we dive into this text. And it's this, is that lonely and alone are not the same thing. Right? Because here's what being alone means. Alone means that you have no one around you. 
right now. I don't know, but some of you might really enjoy some alone time right now, right? You might enjoy having nobody around you. But lonely is something different. See, alone means, means that you have no one around you, but lonely means that you have no one with you, right? And it's a very different feeling. You can be in a crowd and be lonely. You can be in a marriage and be lonely. You can be with your family and be lonely. You can be at school with your friends and still be lonely. Y'all, this season of COVID has brought, back, has brought up all kinds of loneliness. Even the racial tensions that we face, many of you are finding yourself feeling lonely in the midst of that. Let me tell you, if you are or if you have been experiencing loneliness, I think today's passage will give you hope. And it'll give you a path forward in how to deal with your loneliness. Now we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 40 through 45. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Now what I want you to do is I want you to get your Bibles and I want you to open them up. And I want, I, I want, me to, I want to give you some context around this passage. Because this account in Jesus' ministry involves an interaction between Jesus and a, a man who has leprosy known as a leper, right? And I know, I know many of you have read this passage before, but remember, we're looking for discovery. We're looking for something new, even in the midst of the familiar. And for those of you who are new to the Bible, here's what you need to know about uh, people that were described as lepers in Jesus's time and in ancient times. You see, a person would be labeled a leper if they had any type of skin disease that didn't go away quickly. Now, leprosy could be one of those skin diseases, right? And a person that has leprosy would obviously be labeled as a leper. And, and, and leprosy is this awful disease and it, it attacks the nervous system so that people can't feel uh, it with their skin anymore. And so, so a person with leprosy can literally put their hand on something hot and their hand is burning and they don't feel it at all, which is why oftentimes people with leprosy have deformities. But here's the deal. Any skin disease could be classified, a person could be classified as a leper. So, so in today's time, if a person had eczema or psoriasis, they could be considered a leper. Now, now here's why this is important, because in ancient times, if a person had any type of skin disease, if they were labeled a leper, what they had to do is they had to move out of their city and live outside of the city gates. They had to live away from their friends and away from their families and because it was believed that, that the disease that they had would be contagious if they touched anybody and so they removed them out of the city gates and so they couldn't touch anyone. Their family couldn't touch them. Their friends couldn't touch them. If they were married, their spouse couldn't touch them. They were completely alone. No one could touch them. As a matter of fact, if the leper had to come into the city, a person who was, who was, who was labeled a leper had to come into the city they had to announce themselves as they walked through a crowd of people and they had to shout, leper, unclean, leper, so that the crowds would literally part as they walked through. Now, if you want to consider what lonely looks like, look at the person that's labeled a leper in ancient times, because in them you see what loneliness looks like. It is a lonely life of being around people, but not being able to hug or touch your parents or grandparents or friends, your spouse, family, no one. Well, Jesus encounters one of those labeled as a leper. And Jesus has 
a unique response to this kind of loneliness. Let's look at verse 40. Verse 40 says this, And the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling, and said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And so this guy with leprosy comes to Jesus, and he came to him knowing that Jesus could heal him. He came to him, and as he did, I can just imagine it now, as he came to Jesus, I can imagine the crowd backing away because this guy was unclean. Right? According to the, to, the, to the Hebrew law, most likely this guy had torn clothes on. I would assume so you could see the disease. His hair would have grown out and, and he would have announced that he is, he is a leper. And so as, as he approached Jesus, the crowd would have backed away. And everyone would have backed away except one. Not everyone backed away. Look at verse 41. It says, And moved with pity, he, being Jesus, stretched out his hand and touched him. And so what did Jesus do? When, when, when everyone else cleared out, here's what Jesus did. Jesus leaned in. When everyone else stepped back, what Jesus did is he reached out and touched this man. Now imagine, this guy hasn't felt touch of another human being. He hasn't felt the touch of another human being in who knows how long. And in all of his loneliness, Jesus reaches out and touches him. And then Jesus says this, and he said to him, I will be clean. Now, Jesus first touched this man and then he healed the disease. He touched this man in the midst of his disease, in the midst of his messiness, in the midst of his sickness. He touched him and then he cleaned him. Y'all notice the order here because in every gospel account, this order is the exact same. Jesus touched and then healed. Y'all, this is our discovery. This is our ice maker, our ice cream maker in the middle of Cloud City. That's, this is the aha moment here. At least it was for me. In seeing something new in the middle of the, of the familiar, you see this discovery changed my view of Jesus. Because it changed my view of how God treats us and interacts with us. You see, there was something inside of me that made me think that I had to be good enough for God, right? Something inside of me that made me think I had to be clean enough for God to like me, to love me, that I had to be good enough and I had to be right enough to have a relationship with God. Well, here we simply see that isn't true, that Jesus touches the unclean and then he heals. You see, this is our gospel. This is our good news, isn't it? We come to God dirty from our sins. Think of it that way. And, and when I say sins, I know that's kind of a big, scary kind of religious word. Here's what sin means. Sin means it's simply those things that God would have us do that we don't, or it's those things um, uh, that, that God would have us not do and we do. They're called sins of commission, the sins that we commit, and sins of omission, the things that we don't do. And here's the deal. Religion will tell you, you have to deal with those before you come to God. You have to be clean before you come to God, before God loves you, before God will connect with you. But Jesus shows us that Christianity is vastly different than religion. Jesus shows us that God 
reaches into our messiness. He reaches into our, our disease. He reaches into our loneliness and then he heals. You see, this is, this is awesome. And, and what I want to do is I want, I want to draw your attention to something that we just saw because it's critical. I just passed over it because I knew I was going to come back to it, but, but I just passed over it. But go back and look at verse 40 and, and look at what this guy did. Look at look what this guy did to kind of start this interchange. You see, this guy with leprosy came to Jesus. And he, he took a very important step because he chose to invite Jesus. All right? He chose to open his life up to Jesus. He invited Jesus into his life. He invited Jesus into his disease. He invited Jesus into this lonely world that he lived in. And y'all, this is a critical step because no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can invite Jesus into your life. You can invite Jesus into your messiness. You can invite Jesus into your loneliness. And y'all, let me tell you, asking and inviting Jesus in is incredibly simple. It really is just, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Jesus, I invite you into my messiness. Jesus, I invite you into my loneliness. And he will do to you exactly what he did to this guy. He will reach into your life, messiness and all. He will reach into your life, loneliness and all. And he will meet you there and he will talk to you just like he did to this guy. Jesus will always say to your invitation, I am willing. Now, maybe this is what you need today. Maybe this is what you need to hear today is that to your invitation, Jesus will always say, I am willing. And maybe you need to invite Jesus into your life and receive that gift of salvation. Invite him into your loneliness. Because look at what Jesus does next. In verse 42, it says this, And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. What does Jesus do? Jesus heals him. He cleanses him. Now you see, in Jesus's time, leprosy was connected to sin. If, and the thought was that if you had leprosy, there was some sin in your life uh, that was causing this disease. And so if you were healed of leprosy, then you were also healed of the sin that caused the leprosy. And so Jesus didn't just make this guy clean on the outside. He made him clean on the inside. You see, this is what happens when you invite Jesus in, is that he cleans the inside. Now, it's seen on the outside, but he cleans the inside. Now, here's the, the joy of this. If you invite Jesus into your disease, he might heal the disease. But even if he doesn't, he cleanses the inside. He always cleanses the soul. He always gives you this good and right relationship with the God who loves you and the God who created you. Because here is what he does when he does that. Because he, Jesus turns the lonely into a family, right? He returns the lonely into a family of God. He returns the lonely into the family of church. As a matter of fact, he returned this guy to his family. We're going to see that in just a second. He returned this guy back to his community. And look at this, because it seems like an odd way to return. All right, Jesus just heals this guy. Look at what he says next. In verse 43, he says, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once 
and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer yourself for cleansing, uh, for an offer, an offer for your cleansing, what Moses commanded, a proof as proof for them. And so here's, here's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't want this guy going around telling everybody. He wanted him to do what needed to be done to show himself clean. He wanted him to follow the procedures laid out and the law laid out in, in, the, in the, you know, the Old Testament law, the books of the Bible back there. And you see, in this time, if you were labeled a leper and, and the leprosy went away and the, and, or the rash cleared up or whatever it was, you could go to the priest and he would check you out. If he declared you clean, you would make sacrifices and then you could be returned to your family and friends. And, and Jesus wanted him to do this. He wanted him to follow the law. Well, look what this guy does in verse 45. It says, but he went out and began to talk freely about it. And to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. And so what this guy did is he went out and he told everyone. And y'all, here's what I love about this, is that his first act of faith was an act of disobedience. Right? Jesus clearly gave him instructions about what to do. And his first step was an act of disobedience. Y'all, this guy is just like us, isn't he? You see, Jesus doesn't change his love for this guy just because his first act of faith in Jesus was an act of disobedience. As a matter of fact, what we're going to see, let me show you how, how what Jesus does actually displays his deep love for this guy and his deep love for us in the midst of our loneliness. Because what this guy did is he went out and told everyone and it resulted in crowds following Jesus. And so what Jesus does is he has to go to a desolate place. Now it's interesting if you have an NIV, a New International Version translation of your Bible, that word desolate is lonely. Jesus goes to the lonely places. Y'all see, this is the depth of Jesus reaching into our lives. This is the depth of Jesus reaching into our messiness and into our loneliness. You see, Jesus became lonely so that this leper could have family. And for us, Jesus does the same thing. You see, Jesus doesn't just touch us in our messiness. He doesn't just touch us in our loneliness. He actually takes it on himself. You see, on the cross, he didn't just heal us of our sins. He took them on himself. He carried them so that we don't have to. He paid the penalty for them. Y'all, because listen to me, because we can't pay the penalty for our sins. That's the depth of Jesus's love for us. He's willing to go to the lonely places so that we can have family. He's willing to take on our loneliness so that we can experience fellowship. Y'all, this is our Jesus. And so let me ask you, are you lonely? Have you been lonely? We're calling this series Summer Essentials because we're talking about how do we navigate through this, this season of, of the coronavirus and all the things that are stirring in our heads and our hearts and what are the essentials we need to know. And, and, and if you're feeling lonely, your loneliness feels very important, but there is something that is essential. There is something that you can do with your loneliness, and it's this. It's invite Jesus in.
invite Jesus into your loneliness. Because here's what this discovery shows us. Jesus will meet you there. No matter who you are or where you are, our Jesus will meet you right where you are. And y'all, if you're already a follower of Jesus, Jesus will still meet you right where you are too. You can still invite him in into parts of your life where you haven't before, into moments in your life where you haven't before. I want to tell you real quick about an experience I had with this. And this might sound strange as I tell it, but let me tell you, y'all, it was so so good for me. It was about six, seven weeks ago. Uh, we were in the middle of trying to figure out, you know, church and COVID and just all the things. I think all of us are overwhelmed and, and that overwhelmness kind of makes us get away. And in getting away, we can, we can experience loneliness. Well, that's where I was. On this day in particular, I was feeling especially lonely. I went to the Biltmore because the Biltmore Estate, um, that's a, a, a place where me and Jesus meet quite often there, right? We have our little spot by the lagoon, uh, between the lagoon and the river, and I always carry a camping chair in the back of my car so that I can, I can sit there. And, and Jesus and I, that is our spot. It, it, is, it is this sacred place for me. And during this season of COVID, they've actually opened the house back up to where you can drive in front of it again. For a while, that was closed down. And so on this particular day, as I pulled into Biltmore State, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a long way to the lagoon and drove by the house. And, and as I was driving the long way, because that's just a beautiful way to drive, I was driving the long way and I just started praying. And, and in praying, I, so I didn't wait till I got to the chair and by the lagoon, I just started talking to, to Jesus and, and, I was, and I was just telling him all the, the things that were going through my mind and all the, the weight that was on my soul. And, and, and I just started telling him how alone that I feel. And it wasn't just that I didn't have anybody around me. I felt like I didn't have anybody with me. It wasn't just being alone. I felt lonely. And I was telling Jesus that, and, and I was praying, and then something amazing happened. Right as I'm driving through the Biltmore, and I can tell you exactly where it was. I won't describe it, because but, but, if you've never been to Biltmore, you, you won't know. But, but I can tell you exactly where I was. And as I was driving and, and, and turning a corner, and I was just telling Jesus how lonely I was, I just had this this picture in my head. I don't know if it was a vision. I don't know what it was, but I just had this, this picture in my head that Jesus was sitting right next to me in the seat, right next to me in the passenger seat. And he put his hand on my shoulder, just like as if I had my best friend sitting there and I was telling him that I was feeling lonely. My best friend would do the exact same thing and just put his hand on my shoulder. And y'all, that is what Jesus did. And immediately tears started streaming down my face because Jesus knew that's exactly what I needed. I didn't need an answer to those COVID questions that were bouncing around in my head. I didn't need these leadership nuggets. I needed in the midst of my loneliness to know that Jesus was right there with me. And that hand on my shoulder didn't change anything outside of the car that day, but it changed everything in me because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that Jesus was right there with me. Y'all, that is what our Jesus does as he meets us right in the middle of our mess. He meets us right in the middle of our loneliness and he reaches out and touches us. 
And when he touches us, he heals us. So y'all, let me ask you, do you need him today? Then invite him in. And then maybe do what this guy does. This guy invited others, right? He told everybody. Because you see, when you invite Jesus, you can invite others too. And so church, what if we did this? What if we chose not to allow this season of being alone drive us into loneliness? Right? What if instead we invited Jesus into our loneliness and then we invited others in with us? Listen, I know watching church on a screen can get, can get tired, right? I know we, Zoom meetings, man, there's some, some Zoom fatigue that is real. If, if that's you, then invite folks over to your house and y'all watch it together. Right? If watching it alone is getting tired, invite folks over. Start a fellowship Asheville home church. Let's just call it that. Right? Pray together. Learn with each other. Let's, let's, let's do this together. Not comfortable with that? That's all right. Let's go analog then. Pick up the phone and give somebody a call and just tell them that you miss them. Reach out and say hi. You don't want to do that? How about stay digital, get on Zoom, get, connect with your friends, have, a, have a, a virtual happy hour if you want. Everybody at their own home and, 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 and connecting and just catch up church. Here's the deal. With Jesus, we can do this. With Jesus, we can actually be closer than we ever were. I believe that. Now this week, church, here's what I'd like you to do if you feel so inclined. Just reach out to someone. And invite them in. Reach out to someone that you've been missing. And just let them know that you've been missing them. Because I bet they've been missing you too. Pick up the phone. Give them a call. Jesus, you reach into our lives. And you heal us. And you cleanse us. And, and, and Jesus, I pray for anybody listening to this right now that is experiencing loneliness. That, that, that you would give them the bravery to invite you in. And that inviting you in, that they would hear you say what you always say, and that I am willing. And that they would enjoy their relationship with you in a very real and tangible way. And Father, that you would get the glory for it all. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Church, I love you. I love being in the church with you. See you in just a bit.